the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day and welcome in. Rob Black in your money. Another day, another dollar. Show dedicated to trying to get you to retirement. Wake up and start saving more. It's 2019. Big event coming up. Palo Alto Elks Lodge. What a great location. Easy parking, easy to get to. 630 Thursday, the 24th. CFP Chad Burton will be there from New Focus Financial. You can find out more about the event and sign up at the event at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Pretty simple, pretty for, straightforward today. Um, what we're going to talk about do you see signs of recession? Because I, I think the fourth quarter last year, especially around December, people started getting a little bit um, talking about the recession 2019, 2020, and starting a little bit more bullet point with it. What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, there's so many, the idea that, oh, we're going through an economic slowdown, the Fed's are just going to raise interest rates blindly um, was a little bit silly, and that kind of showed to be true. As the Fed, after we had a market pullback and we started to see softer, less signs of growth, they they calmed us and said we're probably not going to raise rates four times next year. Um, we had you know steep pullback from some really high highs where the market had rallied you know nearly nine percent for the year between May and September, and then it pulled back twenty. But let's put this in perspective a little bit. Since Christmas Eve. We've had a 12.5% rally on small cap stocks in the Russell 2000. We've had an 8.5% rally in the S&P 500. International developed stocks, despite Brexit, up 6.8% since Christmas Eve. And emerging markets, up 5.7% since Christmas Eve, despite you know trade issues. So whether or not we have a recession in 2019, 2020, it doesn't really matter. The thing that you can't do is panic or emotionally invest during downturns, because people forgot about tax loss selling. People that panicked during that correction and pulled out in December, they're, they're having a tough time right now, right? They've missed out on an increase. Yeah. Um, you know, with that said, we have had a nice increase from the bottom. So if you're way too aggressively positioned for your point in life, you know, if you're five years from retirement, 100% in stocks, it's, it's probably a good time to make an adjustment now. Um, and then I guess we can talk whether or not we see signs of recessions or not, because they come and go. It doesn't really matter. It's preparing your retirement portfolio for a recession. That that means that you don't have to sell during the downturns. That's what is going to get you through retirement. Not timing the market, but making sure you don't have to sell during a downturn. That's what's going to make your retirement okay. So <clears throat> we're talking about 401ks and start of the New Year's and – do you change your portfolio in front of a recession that may or may not happen? What do you think about auto balance 
um, just not even worrying about the economy and just hitting that little feature that it automatically balances your portfolio for you, and which a lot of 401ks still have. Yeah, I think that's a great way to go when you're 20, 30, 40 years old for sure. In fact, if you're wondering, okay, how am I allocated versus the pros? Um, you know, if you're going to retire in 2050, 2060, then you should pull up those funds. Look at Fidelity Vanguard T. Rowe Price. Compare the asset allocation in those 2050, 2060 funds and what they own in large cap, growth, large cap value, small cap growth, small cap value, international, emerging markets, all of those asset classes. Compare with the professional zone to what you own. Um, and once you correct your pie chart, yeah, setting it up so it rebalances quarterly, what that means is that it's setting your contributions to buy what's on sale and peeling growth off of the top that has gone a little bit too far too fast, maybe. And so it's a non-emotional way to invest, and anytime you can peel emotional out of investing, you're going to be better off in the long run. Sounds pretty good. Is there anything else that we need to hit on, or just uh, plug the seminar? Uh, no, the, the seminar is great. I mean, the... the if we look at what the signs of recession are, you've got that inverted yield curve on the two and five year. The bigger one is if the yield curve inverts where two-year bonds are paying more than 10-year bonds. Um, but we also have a weird situation with the Federal Reserve unwinding its balance sheet. Um, manufacturing uh, readings are showing you know slowdowns, but we also have a trade issue. These things can turn around very quickly. I think more what we're expecting probably in the next two years, is that the comparables for stocks and the earnings that they've achieved in the last several years, it's just going to be harder to beat. Right. So the numbers are going to look more mediocre even though the economy's doing okay. And yet we're creating more profit uh, because of those tax cuts in situations like that. So it's all a matter of perspective. Um, big event coming up on the 24th. That's right around the corner. It's a Thursday evening, 630 to 830. Who's ideal for coming to an event like that, Chad? Well, it's, it's not really for the wealth builder. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, how to add to a 401k or it, it's, it's, you're going to kind of be bored. What this is for is you've been saving already. Uh, you think you're about 10 years from retirement. You think you, you're on track to saving enough to retire within the next 10 years or you're in retirement. And you're wondering, where do I get each dollar? I've got cash. I've got taxable accounts. I've got Roth. I've got 401ks. I've got a new tax cut that happened in 2017, where do I get my money with the cheapest amount of tax possible? Um, And how do I shelter myself from market events, from the recessions that occur every five to seven years? Um, This is, that's the event for you. So especially if this correction affected you, you know, you lost sleep, you made an emotional investment decision, uh, and you're trying to figure out how to avoid that. And part of that's just having a good plan in place for when these things happen. Sounds good. We will see you there. It's Thursday, the 24th of January, right around the corner. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And when you're there, you can see some downloadables about retirement and income building and wealth management um, and read a little bit more about what the seminar has to offer. It's the Elks Lodge on the 24th, Thursday. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get on in. Now, changing topics ever so slightly, we all know about Netflix and how they make this service of all these movies that you can watch anytime you want to watch them, right? Then you turn the page and you say, well, we also know about music. So we've got music and movies 
these are things that we spend on maybe you go to one movie a month or six movies a year and you can do the math and figure out if the service is going to be good for you or not. We're going to save money versus cable or going out or with music. How many CDs were you buying per year? The music industry kind of hit a home run on this one because we were buying fewer and fewer albums and we were stealing the music. Napster let us feel like, well, if it's a digital file and it's not like I actually went into a store and stole it. The next one that's coming out, and there will be some investments here, is Microsoft, is building a service for video games. How many video games do your kids buy a year? Or how many do you buy? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke your kids. Microsoft is building a service that tends to be the Netflix for games. The service is currently called Project X Cloud. They describe it as shorthanded Netflix for games. The idea is play high-quality blockbuster games on any device, thus Netflix for games. As 5G rolls out, we're going to see some pretty interesting things. Blazing speed. It'll take years for it to play out, in my opinion. I remember when 3G was being promised, and it took another five years on top of that to really get our phones going to where we wanted them to, and then it was still disappointing compared to the, the demos. But, uh... Video games is going to be a little bit more demanding because of the, how many times you have to be precise. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RORADIO25. See you there. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. It's a big seminar week, so to hit some talking points about what's coming up at the seminar. Joining me now, Michelle Lerman from Lerman Law. You can find her at LermanLaw.com. Michelle, how are you? Good, Ron. Thanks. Big event coming up Thursday night. Retirement income tax planning seminar and a little state planning laws. They've changed, so you're going to give us an update on that. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, Michelle. It's been a while since you've been on. It has been. Nice to be back. Uh, I'm an estate planning attorney, a certified specialist, practice uh, with clients throughout California. And what people need to understand is how different estate planning is. When I first started estate planning, boy, 30 or so years ago, you could only leave 275000 free of estate taxes. And so the plans that we did then, even up till you know a year and a half ago, the plans were very different than they are today. Now that you can leave over eleven million dollars without estate tax, so we help people figure that out, save property taxes. We look at income tax planning when someone dies, making sure assets are protected. Someone cares for you if you're incapacitated. And that's what we do. State planning became pretty important to me when children came into the future. Uh, not when I was single, I was like, "Yeah, I could leave it all to the cat." But it's uh, not the wisest thing to do, to say the least. Um, let's talk about incapacity. This is one that, that's uh, worrisome. You know, the husband and the wife, and one of them becomes incapacitated and needs needs nursing help and needs help. Um, talk a little bit about that that world right there, Michelle. 
I mean, what if even you were in a car accident or if suddenly you had a stroke or you got very, very sick? Who is going to take care of everything financial in your life? We'll get to the health care in a minute, but just who's going to take care of everything financial? And one thing to think about is having documents with something called, it's called a durable power of attorney, and have it go into effect immediately. In other words, don't make someone go to a doctor and prove you're incapacitated. All of that takes time and effort. And meanwhile, you need someone to make decisions for you and and jump in and and handle things financially. So have a durable power of attorney that goes into effect immediately if you trust the person. And then think about who to name. You know, don't name the the child who can't even keep his own or her own checkbook, doesn't know how to reconcile a bank account. You know, or maybe can't even find the checkbook. Make sure that you name people that are responsible and able to handle things for you financially. And talk to them about it. That's one of the ones that I've seen more often than not that a daughter's like, what do you mean I'm the executor? What do you mean right. I have to decide you know, the, where the money goes? Right. And um, it's, 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 it's a process, and that's one of the things you do well as an estate planning attorney is it's some of the hand-holding, here's why you do this. What else do we need to know about some of the retirement accounts that people are thinking about with retirement? Well, retirement accounts, a lot of people have most of their wealth in retirement accounts, and a retirement account isn't governed generally by a will or a trust. It's generally governed by a beneficiary designation form. And with the divorce rate as high as it is, people have longtime partners that they might have named for to receive their retirement account, and then they get married. We had a situation where a man died and the entire retirement account went to his girlfriend instead of his wife because he had never changed it. It was something he had well before he was married. And his girlfriend prior to marriage, not his girlfriend during marriage, his his girlfriend uh, prior to marriage ended up with his retirement account. You've got to keep those beneficiary uh, designation forms up to date. That's pretty scary because uh, it's something that's missed on a lot of people in my 20s. I changed girlfriends and people that I thought were going to be forever and evers and every three or four years they were on my paperwork and that would have been quite a shock to say the least and a bad yeah. shock and a bad shock after death. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about, we're running out of time so let's be faster. What if kids get married and then they divorce and you're trying to set out everything in a very structured estate plan for them so that you could pass on some wealth to your children and you're, 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 you're structuring it, you're, you're laying it out. Um, what if they get the divorce? And because community property states, and it, it just seems like it could get messy. That's such a huge issue, and something that we do really well with estate planning. Assets for children should really be protected if there's significant wealth with something called, we refer to it as a lifetime trust. Let it stay in trust for the lifetime of the children. The children can either be their own trustee in charge, can designate a bank or someone independent as a trustee in charge, but keep it in a protected lifetime trust. You don't want your assets ending up with an ex-daughter-in-law or son-in-law, and without the right estate plan, that's exactly what could happen. Thanks very much, Michelle. We'll see you Thursday evening in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's Michelle Lerman. You can find her at LermanLaw.com. That's LermanLaw.com. You have to have an estate planning attorney in the state of California. In my opinion, it saves money if you own a home right there. Smack, boom. Uh, put it in a trust. It creates, it jacks up the privacy levels on your uh, life and your Google searches if it's in a trust. 
So those are good things. State planning attorney Michelle Lerman, you can find her at LermanLaw.com. That's L-E-R-M-A-N Law.com. Elsewhere out there, let's talk about the world of investments in Wall Street. Uh, Markets dealing with an IMF forecast that's a little bit less than expected. Or you could say, maybe a better way of saying that is a weakening world outlook. Growth concerns are out there at this point in time today. A little bit of a reality check, right? We've had a couple weeks of the market going up. We had that December 24th low, and then the market jumped and jumped and jumped up 13.6% since then. So every now and then when there's an IMF growth concerns referenced with, you know, either China and their GDP rate, growth rate, or the IMF cutting its 2019-2020 global growth forecasts, China and the GDP forecasts coming out of the IMF are, they move the needle. They move the needle for sure. We pay attention. And I think Christine Lagarde's done a pretty good job at the IMF. So Johnson Johnson is in the news today. They're a Dow component. They've beat expectations. They've got 2019 in line. Travelers, big insurance company. They came up short on their fourth quarter estimates. Nike had a nice upgrade. I own shares of Nike, and I'll tell you why I own shares of Nike. Nike made shoes when I was a kid. And we're going to start stop there. It was a brand that I've known about. It's a brand that I, I, I liked. So all very, very good stuff. Um, so Nike got a nice upgrade today, saying that it's got 13% upside. I'm not worried about the upside. I'm worried about, is the company still the same company that I remember as a kid? Is it something, a brand? Is it something that people want? And if you don't go with Adidas, you go with Skechers, you go with Nikes. There's not that many players out there who have scale. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up Thursday, the 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can meet myself, Michelle Lerman, CFP, Chad Burton. You can learn more by signing up using the code radio show, radio25, radio25 at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Years grinding ahead. It's kind of fun. Don't miss out. It's been a fun start yet again with a lot of drama at the end of the year. Pushing into the start of the year. Let's talk about some of the drama. Bring on the one, the only Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. So it's been a pretty good rally. Um, I think that's one of the things that you put in your page one column today, but you did bring up growth concerns. Are you trying to kill the rally on us, or are you trying to be more more, more down to earth? No, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm just trying to point out how some of the, the headlines surrounding growth issues today sort of act as a reality check of sort on this uh, very strong start uh, we've seen to the year, but certainly uh, from the run that we've seen off that December 24th low. I mean, we're up basically about 14% in the S&P 500, and so it's been an extraordinary move. Um, but it's one that's probably, you know, due to run out of some steam here as the market uh, consolidates that gain and and, uh, and headlines like the ones we're seeing this morning, which aren't 
you know, entirely new. I mean, the market pretty much sensed these things about China slowing down um, uh, in particular. Um, you know, they just serve as a good excuse here to, to, to take some profits after that big move. Yeah, it's been a big move. It's been kind of nice and almost brings us back to, you know, the last eight or nine years where it was always buy on the dip kind of worked. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about crying wolf. Um, a lot of analysts are, are creeping out on CNBC and on Bloomberg now, and they're starting to say, you know, there's a recession coming, uh, 2019, 2020, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, are, are you in that camp or is it too early to tell? Or the data doesn't say enough yet. Yeah, you know, I think the the best one can do right now, Rob, is is uh, you know make a case for the fact that you are going to see you know lower growth. Um, I mean, it's just the future is inherently uncertain, and when you're looking out, uh, you know, let alone a you know a day, let alone you know more than a year as to what's going to unfold, it's, it's really difficult to forecast. But um, you know, I think some of those recession calls are also driven by the fact of how long this expansion's been going on, and so there's an expectation. That that you've you've hit the peak of the cycle, and and part of the natural process is that you ultimately you know contract at some point uh, to to reset the bar, if you will. Um, so you know our baseline view is that, you know you're going to see you know some deceleration and growth in 2019, and then you know you recalibrate obviously uh, all the time based on the you know inputs you get as the year progresses to to have a more um, uh, to, to feel more confident about any type of uh, of a forecast. But as of right now, you know, the data, as you allude to, uh, doesn't necessarily suggest that a recession is in the cards here in 2019. But, you know, when you look at something like the existing home sales report for December this morning, you know, you certainly have some, you know, uh, data that that suggests that you are going to see a slowdown. So slowdown is going to be okay if we build up our portfolio with smart names. One of the names that I like and that I own Mr. O'Hare, and I'm not trying to plug or anything like that, is Nike. And I try to, on radio, I try to explain it as um, sometimes it's okay to own a name from your childhood. Sometimes it's okay to own something that was a brand. And this, these are reasons why you're owning stocks is, you know, things from your childhood or brands or CEOs. or And they had one of the best CEOs, for instance, Phil Knight. Um, when I say things like that, does it make you cringe a little bit? Like I've just, I've totally reduxed investing down to... Eh, if you liked it as a kid, maybe it'll be a good investment for you as an adult. <laughs> well, um, I suppose uh, someone could make a counter argument that they, you know, they shopped at Sears uh, a lot growing up, and they really liked their Fair catalog. <laughs> um, you know, um, but I think it also gets to sort of that Peter Lynch style of investing that you also allude to. I mean, you, you know, you buy the companies of you know, the products that you use and, and know and love, and and. Uh, and generally, you know, it tends to work out okay because, it's particularly with companies that do have these, you know, uh, a great deal of mind share and, and, and great branding, great brand recognition, like a Nike, like a McDonald's, you know, companies like that, uh, they stand to, te- you know, they, they typically you know, stand the test of time. And while they have their, you know, their down periods in, in difficult economic environments, they. Uh, pretty much always bounce back and and earnings growth recovers and you know and and things tend to work out so but you know like anything else you do have to do your homework it is case by case situation but um you know but more often than not when you're buying market leaders like a nike a coca-cola mcdonald's um 
you know, they're going to stand the test of time, and you just might see a little bit of an opportunity cost at certain periods. But um, but all in all, it's it's not necessarily a, a terrible uh, approach. <laughs> it's not bad. So it's worked out sometimes. Like you said, there's a lot of people who've shopped at Sears, and things do change. It's a worker advisor taking action. Any stocks mentioned on this show or through uh, briefing.com to your own homework is the good piece of advice. Um, so, Patrick, uh, what are you working on at this point in time? What are some of the things that you're concerned with or maybe uh, opt- opportunity flags? I guess concern could be positive or negative, right? Yeah, you know, um, you know, one of the things we've been been pointing out um, really is just the idea of, of you know how what what's precipitated this turn this year. You know, things kind of seem to go from everything was falling apart to everything's looking good again. And uh, it's not necessarily that everything is looking good again. I think it's a case of just things are are not looking as dark as they were made out to be uh, at the end of 2018. And so you've had a market that has really run strongly this year uh, as it's you know priced out the prospect of a recession happening anytime soon, whereas at the end of 2018, it was getting really caught up in the narrative that you could see a recession sooner rather than later, and consequently, you would see a sharp deceleration, if not a, you know, a full-on decline in earnings growth. And so, um, so higher valuations are being called into question, and you're seeing, obviously, the price correction take place as a result of that. Well, kind of you split the script here early on, and you've gotten some incoming data, specific that December employment report that was really good, um, as well as the uh, the rebirth of the Fed put, courtesy of uh, Fed Chair Powell's admission that the Fed's going to you know maintain a, a patient-minded policy approach, and so you've had a lot of uh, improvement in investor sentiment predicated on this notion that things got you know overly negative in 2018, and so I think we've run back here now. We're trading around 15 and a half times forward 12-month earnings estimates, which um, which in, you know from our vantage point is probably more of a fair market valuation right now, given that uh, things got overly negative in the end at the fourth quarter. But knowing also you still have a lot of uh, uncertainty hanging out there on some key, uh, what we'll call known unknowns, namely the China trade negotiations, Brexit, uh, what's going to happen with the government shutdown, uh, and things of that nature. So probably likely to see a market now uh, move into more of a lateral consolidation phase off of this big early move as, as market participants now take a step back and see, uh, you know, what incoming data is going to to provide them and as to whether there's a basis to keep this rally going, you know, or to uh, or to kind of pause here. Sounds good. Thanks for joining me. As always, have a good day. And um, again, my biggest endorsement is that I start my day by hitting page one at briefing.com. Uh, and Patrick O'Hare is part of my narrative. So, and uh, helping me figure out how to digest the markets without getting too excited and or fearful. He does a really, really nice job of it. So, uh, some of the basic highlights of what's going on in the market. Now, again, some people get really nerdy. I, I kind of like his style, if that makes any sense. So, Starbucks is getting into the expanding of delivery services. Whoa. Um... We need it, right? Expansion begins Tuesday. Uh, today. It's, uh, it's Tuesday. Yes. How the f- week flies by, right? So um, San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, L.A., New York, Washington uh, are going to get the new rollout service of delivery Starbucks soon. In Miami, Starbucks says the service saw strong demand and repeat business throughout the day. So $2.49 delivery fees tacked onto each order. 
And it's done through Uber Eats. And Uber says it's going to be 30 minutes or less to get you a cup of coffee. I was going to make espresso. The untapped customer demand in Starbucks deliveries is kind of the story. It's how do you get, how do you uh, show growth? Well, you start off by having a great concept. We make great Seattle coffee, right? And then you put a store on every corner of the United States, and then investors go, we want more, we want more. And then you start serving breakfast, and like investors want, we want more, we want more. And then you say, okay, well, maybe we'll go international, and then now we'll deliver it to your house or your business. Would you like some coffee? Would you like some coffee? And the answer is yes. Big win today for <clears throat> both Netflix um, and Disney. Um, Netflix film Roma and Disney's Black Panther scored historic Best Picture Oscar nominations. Uh, Disney's Black Panther grossed $700 million in North America. It's the first superhero movie to land in a Best Feature, Best Picture Oscars category. And it shows you we are changing the way we consume media. Hardcore. And I, I think it's a nice thing. I myself didn't have the, how shall we say, uh, focus to get through Roma. It just wasn't for me. Struggle to watch. But again, that's showing you that I have no smarts that are going to come out of my mouth about movies. But Disney, big win. Black Panther. And Netflix, big win for Roma. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Big summer coming up this Thursday, the 24th, 6.30 to 8.30. That's this Thursday. Wow. And that's going to be right uh, in the Bay Area, in Palo Alto, at the Elks Lodge. Easy to get to. Tons of information at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. And use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's about income and retirement, wealth and management, uh, stocks for 2019, and much, much more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So the S&P 500 pulls back from some short-term overbought conditions. That's okay. There's some growth concerns internationally with the IMF saying international growth. There's some concerns. There's some existing home sales in December falling below expectations. Is the party over? Let's get this party started. We need kind of a Miley Cyrus beat going. Is the housing department, is the housing component. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Miley Cyrus, is she married? Is she not married? I don't care about that. I do like the twang. I'll be honest, I do like the country southern twang. Anyway, home sales tumbled to their lowest level in three years, and it's kind of a wrecking ball, so to speak. The party's getting started in L.A. Uh, it's, it's, maybe it's starting to end. Uh, U.S. home sales tumbled to their lowest level in three years. House prices increased, slowed sharply, suggesting a further loss of momentum in the housing market. Uh, the National Association of Realtors, also known as NAR said today that existing home sales declined 6.4%. Inventory is kind of something that I pay attention to inside of uh, existing home sales. Existing home sales are about 90% of the market for homes. And sales plunged 10.3% from a year ago. For all of 2018, sales fell 3.1%. That's weakness. Housing market's been stymied by higher mortgage rates. As, you know, There's labor shortages in the United States. There's land uh, issues. Very tight inventory, created more expensive homes. 30-year fixed mortgage rate has now dropped to a four-month low. Maybe that'll stimulate or tickle demand. Tickle, tickle, tickle. You're a good puppy. Home builders are hopeful right now. 
that it's moderation in the mortgage rates will kind of like smooth everything out. Zillow does a nice job of like pointing out what your home is worth and based on comps in town. And then they do this kind of a projection going forward. And for the first time in eight years, my projection went down. Dun, dun, dun. So it's for real now. Is it for real? Oh, it's for real. For Americans right now, it would take about 3.7 months to exhaust the current inventory, down to 3.9 in November. That is a sign of a healthier real estate market if you're an owner. So right around six months and you're trying to sell your home, it becomes a problem. Because you're like, oh, man, I've been paying this stupid mortgage for six months. And my pockets just hurt. I know you're saying, are you trying to, are you going to like Father Guido Salducci? Sal-? No. No, 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 no. No. Well, I got to tell you. Okay. So, yes, you had me at yes. So, the median existing home price in the United States increased about 2.9%. That's not bad. But it's the smallest increase since 2012. Uh, median price in the United States, $253,600. Dun, 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 dun. I know you're saying that wasn't all that dramatic. Cut it out, Rob. Mark Bidioff, Mark Bidioff's out there and saying San Francisco's a train wreck of inequality because of Silicon Valley. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, having lived in the Bay Area for 15, 20 years, you get a strong sense of there is a... a a lot of inequality. Benioff is a kind of a cool dude. Uh, he fought for Prop C, which was a bill aimed at fighting homelessness by raising taxes on big business. And uh, he's, he's not one to be shy. Uh, he uh, will go out of his way to trash other CEOs, sometimes calling them out by name, which is pretty odd. He thinks San Francisco is the canary in the coal mine. So... He's over in Davos right now at the World Economic Forum. He says, we have to look at San Francisco and say, here's the best technology example in the world, and yet we have some of the worst homelessness. On any given night, 7,500 people are without homes in San Francisco. That's a lot of people. So, but Benioff, uh, saying, kind of stating the obvious, but doing it in a loud voice that he kind of, he gets kind of revered, if you know what I'm saying. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Is reverie even a word? That's a good question. I don't have an answer to that. So Starbucks is going to deliver coffee, and that's a big story today. I know it's not like a breaking news kind of, we interrupt this to tell you, but it shows you that they still focus on growth. And if it was doomed for failure, we would look at this and say this is doomed for failure. That's not really kind of where we are. So remember that video game Red Dead Redemption? Uh, companies can report earnings who makes Red Dead Redemption in February. February 6th. And uh, it'll be interesting to see and to note how well they do. It's, it's expected to be a blowout. Supposedly everyone's playing the game kind of thing. Uh, so will that help GameStop? Will that help Electronic Arts? Will it hurt Activision? What's the story to unfold? That's kind of one of the reasons I like the whole thing that I do. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross is going to testify before the House Oversight Committee on March 14th. It's a ways off. But yeah, we are trying to stay on top of this. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, says he does not see superpower conflict between the U.S. and China as inevitable. 
Uh, he's optimistic about trade talks. That should get the party started up a little bit, right? eBay is in the news today, in large part because someone says we see value there. An activist shareholder said, we see this platform as being able to deliver growth, eBay. They see you know a lot of recognition of brand. And eBay is going to say, we're going to take a look at Mr. Elliott's proposal on how to create shareholder value. Um, so that's kind of in the news. For me personally, I'm not, I can't really get excited about eBay as a value. Isn't it a tech stock? I want my tech stocks to be tech stocks, so to speak. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Use the code radio25 to get in for our seminar free. There's a seminar coming up this week, Thursday, 6.30, at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Hopefully I'll see you there. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code radio25. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.